1: It's a beautiful morning. Hey, everybody. It's your best friend and hang, or close friend, or someone you just listen to once in a while on the podcast. But I can be all of those things for a low, low price of, you know, subscribing to J Rock Concerts, the podcast, and listening to the show. How about that? How's it going? We are currently finishing off a busy summer, getting ready for lots of great stuff in the music world, and we love and appreciate your support as always. And today, guys, we have, for the first time in two years, back on the show, a dear, dear friend, and one of the best guests we've had on the show, Candy Carpenter, ladies and gentlemen, who just released a great EP, Demonology, Part 1, which is out now, by the way. Uh, It is a fantastic piece of work. It was produced by Candy herself, Peter Shirkin, and Alden Witt. Shout out to Alden. And uh, easily, these songs are Candy's most raw an honest writing to date. They mark a new creative chapter for her. She leaves behind her country roots, pivots to alternative pop indie space, and she thrives in it. Uh, she feels very authentically herself. You know, she speaks very candidly about a lot. I mean, she always speaks candidly. Um, and she just bears the table on a lot of beautiful things here. Being diagnosed with autism, the pivot for music, leaving country music behind, feeling like herself again, being a non-binary person. This is a doozy, guys, so buckle up. And she is going to perform a great song at the end, so stay tuned for that. So uh, what do you say we stop yammering and get straight to it? This is Candy Carpenter back on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast.
0: Hey! Hello. I'm so happy to see your
2: face.
1: Let, let, let me see it. Your name is, according to my notes, Candice Carpenter, professional yodeler singer. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so ridiculous. I love it that you are like a professional yodeler singer. That's not talked about enough.
0: I feel like it's talked about more than it ought to be.
1: Maybe for the uh, for your next tour, like like an encore. You know, maybe maybe we can do like a B stage, like going to the crowd like Taylor Swift and, and you just kind of come out from underneath and just yodel.
0: You know I still have the outfit, right?
1: Uh, I did not know that.
0: I do. I have a cow print hat, a cow print vest, a cow print skirt, and both of the trophies from that picture of me with the braces.
1: Yeah, yeah. Classic. Have- and you have the skill. So, I mean... Listen, I'm not, it, it's not me to consult on your upcoming North American slash European world tour, but I am yes, consulting.
0: Actually, <laughs> that, I would come to you for that. Um, I think that is maybe not your best advice. <laughs> uh, but listen, I'm not against it. It's, yodeling is one of those skills you spend a lot of time learning and then you find out that it does not come in handy in life in any way. Really? Uh, there's not really a lot you can do with yodeling. You know,
2: if
0: no. you check up a tree, you can't yodel at it and get no. it down.
1: You can't get like a tax refund for yodeling, right? Nothing.
0: Oh, not that I know of, but I've also never checked.
1: There we go. There we go. Candy Carpenter. By the way, demonology, kind of, like, you, you must be so proud. Like, what a little masterpiece that you created with demonology. The first part, too. So
0: earlier when I got up, I went to get this.
1: Oh, Okay, so for my audio audience that doesn't know what they're seeing is it's a classic photo that we actually have in our studio here. So, well, look at that. See? We love each other. And it shows Candy and I um, just being friendly in a photo booth in a bar in East Nashville. What the photo doesn't show is that uh, I had pressured Candy tremendously to take this photo, and she was trying to run away from me. But... uh...
0: know why for for like an artist yeah i sure do hate being perceived right don't love my photo take. i don't i don't know i really love music i love writing music and singing and performing um but like if i could do that in a dark room or no one ever saw me that would be ideal
1: yeah yeah oh. it, it's best we start spreading the word that fans can't look at you in the eyes you know as you start touring more. Just just, just so it's out there, you know, just so it's not as a surprise that, you know, if candy's coming, just, you know, just don't have eye contact with her and we will all be, you know, there'll be no incidents.
0: They're actually, they are more than welcome to look into my eyes. Um, as you know, I was diagnosed with autism in December of last year, and I've always struggled with eye contact. So whether or not I will um be in a place where i can gaze lovingly back into their eyes remains to be seen uh depending on the time of day sometimes i can do it uh but i do find that when i'm overwhelmed my eyes go to the floor first thing
1: so there's a couple things here Candy. first of all Welcome to the show, Candy Carpenter, officially, because, you know, you've only been here once, but I remember that was one of our most popular episodes that year. People just kept, like, sending notes and emails for, like, a month and a half straight after that. You were, like, so open. Uh, Yeah, it was great. Well, and we, like,
0: we just connected so much, and I thought, this is someone I want to be friends with this is someone who's going to be in my life for a long time. There was just something special about that conversation. It really felt like making a friend. Okay. And I'm really happy I had the chance to be on your show exactly when it happened, because I think it was the first time I'd really shown up as myself for an interview. It was beautiful. It was a really special day for me. It
1: was beautiful. And I'm so proud of like you know the person that you've become. You're like a really cool evolved Pokemon right now, you know, and, 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 you know, you're you're like a cool one. You're not like coughing or anything like that or wheezing or, or one of those, you know, that it's like you evolve and it's like, wait, I just have another head. No, you're like a really beautiful, one of the new ones, you know, like a Game Boy cover.
0: You know what? I would love to have another head. That would be badass. So- I don't
1: know. I don't know. I don't know if you want to be wheezing and coughing and I'm my nerd down here. Oh. Um, like-
0: if had another head, if that head had uh, vocal cords and its own neck and throat, I could harmonize with myself and be my own family band.
1: Yeah. But you have really come like, like that's so just proud of the growth you've had, Kathy, as a person, as a friend, artistically, at you know, having like a front row seat, like watching you grow, it, it actually kind of inspires me. Like, you know, once in a while, I'll be, I'll, you know, I'll be like buying a smoothie in the store. I'll try to push off a tourist and I'll be like, hey, Candy's, you know, Candy's inspiring me today. You know, gotta keep growing as the tourist keeps asking me where, uh, what the best bar in Broadway is. Oh.
0: Well, I've inspired you to stay home more?
1: You know, a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, but gosh, Candy, but okay, like, I, I, I have so much, like, the audience has so many questions. Okay, the autism part. Uh, how did this come about, Candy? Because this was a pretty major breakthrough. Um, uh, it was like, like you said, like a year, a year and a half ago. And I know that that cost you like a little bit of like meditation, how you were going to kind of like go full.
0: Yeah, that was, like, I, I don't think I've really processed how major that was. Um, because as you know, I've, I've been on a mental health journey my whole life. I've been trying to learn more about myself and discover what makes me tick and what's going on. I always knew there was something different about me. I needed more recovery time. I had an overwhelming amount of anxiety. I've always struggled with things like eye contact with the biggest thing that, that I've struggled with in my life has been figuring out who I am and what my identity is and being able to show up as that. My, my partner, Alden for years would say you know just be yourself and I had no idea what that meant because I I literally thought that every single person in the world had an avatar that they'd created that they showed up as when they went out into the world and that no one was being themselves ever really
1: and so you're telling me that that's not the situation I don't know I'm just kidding but yeah
0: I I thought I was just really bad at it because I would watch interviews back and I would go way too over the top. I would be like, um, just not myself. I would, I didn't look like myself. I wasn't acting like myself, and I couldn't connect, um, who I was at home to who I was in public and when I was performing and when I was writing. Um, I was always trying to play a character. It's called masking. I've been doing it my whole life. Uh trying to appear normal enough to not get made fun of. Uh, I've yeah. been doing that since elementary school. And I think growing up in the entertainment industry intensified that. Yeah, that doesn't the, help. There's just an element of masking that comes along with performing. Like if you're in a terrible mood, you can't go up on stage and go, like, I feel horrible today. Right.
1: Um so yeah, I I sort like actual road. You know, something like that. But yeah, host people, <laughs> that's, that's good to me.
0: Well, you know what? I would go on stage now and say, I'm feeling terrible today. If I If I really was feeling terrible, I would share that. And the version of me showing up on stage 10 years ago would have been smiling as hard as they could to keep anyone from figuring it out. Yeah, yeah writing this album really helped me unlock the mystery of of what was going on with me, I was diagnosed with ADHD. I learned so much about it because of the similarities with ADHD and with neurodivergence in general, reading more and more about autism. I looked at Alden one day and I said, I think this is me. And usually he would have gone, I don't think so. That doesn't feel right. And he went, oh, that's what it is. Alden is my partner. We've been together for eight years. He knows me better than I know myself sometimes. And getting that validation from him—not that I needed it to know myself—but but having someone who who looks at me every day immediately resonate with that as well—it was it was incredibly healing and validating. And and then I did go forward with a formal diagnosis, which I received in December. So yeah. it's ADHD.
1: And the new, I mean, the new songs, I mean, talk about this, like, really great. And you bring out some really amazing stuff, right? To the equation that, like, you literally take us to an Olive Garden. Like, for example, like, it's like, I, we feel like we're, like, eavesdropping. You know? It's like we're shadowing, like, a teenage awkward moments. But what's cool, Candy, is the comments on your on the, about the songs. I mean, that's what's, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I stay with the silly stuff. But in the comments, there's a lot of, you know, younger people, younger fans that are being deeply touched by your lyrics like right that's gonna be super cool
0: it means everything to me to be this vulnerable with a new audience because i did change genres um it, it, to share these pieces and parts of myself that i had kept hidden under shame from growing up in the church under shame from not understanding my identity in so many ways like this acceptance has caused more growth in me than than any anything else uh, that I've ever been through. I mean, it, it, it's it's been the best time in my life yeah. to to not be rejected for being me.
1: Of course, no, and you you know just watching you perform live recently, the way you're moving on stage, the way you're beaming. It's something to behold and like I encourage anyone that can to see you live right on this new era because it's phenomenal. And Kathy, speaking of the of the changing of the genre, like that took balls, you know, and I don't mean literally, uh, of course, but uh, you know, balls that I don't know if I would have to do. I mean, you are talking about, you know, obviously we talked last episode that you were here about your, you know, your chapters in Nashville and country music. And you were, you know, a household name that you still like the country music and you kind of still are, I guess. And to make that change to this incredible indie shopper that you did, and, and you're doing a great job also, but like, just that bravery, first of all, was that scary? And two, like, why did you end up gravitating to like indie pop, indie rock?
0: I think it's fair to say I've been terrified for the last few years because of the subject matter of this album mostly because of of the the songs that i wrote about my family because the goal of demonology is not to hurt anyone it's it's not to just air our dirty laundry the the goal in writing this album was to heal and to discover myself the concept was that i i was going to study my personal demons by writing these songs and that each song represented a personal demon and as i peeled back the layers of my trauma i realized a lot of that pain came from growing up in the church came from growing up as the child of a pastor from some unresolved issues with my family and it hurt it hurt to to feel alone in that and then feel afraid to talk about it my yeah. mom and the dad feel they're they're not going to listen to the project, but I've noticed our relationship improving so much since I did write these songs because I'm not quietly resenting them for for feeling like I can't be me, and there's a there's a lot of neurodivergence in my family, and I feel like uncovering that has helped me get closer to them as well. We're we're really looking at ourselves. I think there will come a day where they can listen to these songs and know that I was coming at it from a place of love. Because I do love them. I I am who I am because I grew up the way I did. And that's why I'm able to write these songs and share these stories and hopefully help people. And I'm thankful for that opportunity. But changing genres felt like losing a piece of myself I wanted to be Leanne (inaudible) Rhymes I mean that's why I learned to yodel I wanted to be a country music singer when I was a kid when I started writing the album I noticed that I wasn't making country choices with the lyrics with the melodies and I I love country music and always will but. You know, I'm not sure there's a place for. Let me rephrase this. I'm a non binary, autistic, ex evangelical singer songwriter. I'm not sure country radio is ready for that.
1: Well, if you put it that way.
0: But the world is ready for people who are just being themselves, and we need more of it. And I want to be one of those people. Yeah, but yeah.
1: I, I mean, I listen. You may not be country radio right now, but you are sure as heck, serious exam. Like all you know, the polls all the time. You're in all the top playlists, emerging pop, emerging like. So it is, like you are kicking ass. You're just not. You
0: know. I would I would love to make a country album someday, but my home right now is is it is indie pop and. And the stuff I grew up listening to secretly because yeah. country was too edgy or sorry, pop and rock radio was too edgy for my family and country radio was the most wholesome genre, according to my parents. So that's yeah. why we chose that for me.
1: Yeah, and who knows? Maybe down the line, you can come back home if the genre has evolved or be open, and You can bring, like, a new energy. I mean, who kind of think to it? Who knows? You know, never say never, but super. Well,
0: I, I'm producing an EP on my friend Danny Rose right now, actually. I just came in from the studio.
1: Okay, because I thought I, you were pointing out, like, your, your iMac from, like, 1999. Uh, yeah, for, for my audio audience, I feel like I'm interviewing Candy in a bedroom in 1997. Uh, because all the items there are late 90s, um, you know, the books, the artwork, and behind her is, uh, is, what was the name of that Apple computer?
0: This is an iMac, yeah. Yeah, uh. that,
1: that was the one that had the colors, right?
0: Yeah, it's blue on the side.
1: It's blue. So, so Candy, Candy just pointed at, at the at the computer and said she was producing for Danny Rose, who's been on our show, Great Girl, and, and we were like, wow, we didn't think that thing could produce.
0: Well, I was pointing at the door, which to- <laughs> it is, though. But yeah, that, that didn't make me look uh, like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't- oh, so-
1: <laughs> What's that? And it might be true. Yeah, it might be true. But by the way, how is producing? Are you liking it?
0: I love it. I co-produced my album. I co-produced Seminology, yeah. part one, which is out now, and the second half, which will be out later. And I'm co-producing this as well with Danny and Alden Witt and Aaron Kessler.
1: So is being a producer, Kathy, like if you were to explain it to like a three-year-old, is not just like a person in the room that is not emotionally attached to saying, no, too much of that. Get out of here. Go eat. Stop. You know, like what is a producer to a three-year-old?
0: Well, I think it depends on the producer. I I, tr- I try not to upset the artist, you know, too much. Um Unless, unless it's going to be great for the performance, um, <laughs> I, just, I really love working with my friends. Danny and I have been friends for years, and I know her, so I, I know, I know, kind of where she is emotionally. I, I mean, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm always guessing, but knowing her like I do. And having this relationship, I feel like I can push her, um, hopefully, in kind ways, but um, like a friend would. And and get that emotional, raw honesty out of her. But she's such an incredible talent that it's an easy job. She's an incredible vocalist. She has such a strong vision for what she wants to do, both physically and visually. And it's a treat and a, an easy
1: job with her. Right, right. And speaking of us visually, and uh, thank you for your time, Candy. I'll, I'll leave you with one question I think you're going to perform, but I don't want to take away all your voice. I don't want you to sound like Burt Bacharach the next like couple of weeks of your shows. I,
0: hey, if I I, I wouldn't uh, argue with being Burt Bacharach, that sounds like a good life to me.
1: I don't know if that's what the OG basement for your show was expecting. You know, like Mike Grimes when they introduced it. And you come out there like, but that would be a nice catch. You're like, oh, you guys didn't know I'm Tony Bennett now. <laughs> 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 My
0: show, I'm just gonna come out and pretend to be someone else and do the whole show that way and make everyone
1: really uncomfortable. <laughs> well, you're, you are really good at making people, right? at least making me uncomfortable.
0: So, so just oh, thank you. People. It's the nicest thing you've ever done to me.
1: <laughs> well, can't be. Uh, speaking of visuals. Uh, Gosh, the the visual for demonology, I can't leave this interview without just raving about it. Because I don't even need to like steal nineties showtime or HBO anymore to see shitty, you know, like horror movies. Cause I have like incredible production value with your TikToks that you're doing with your partner. I mean, we have brains. We have uh we have vampires in bathtubs, we have all sorts of of, of uh, visual like you're chilling at the visual department.
0: I love building worlds and when I write a song, I visualize a music video in my head. I kind of can't help it. So making sure every aspect of the visuals for this project was just as weird and out there as I am was important to me. Um uh, Alden, my partner, I-, I keep pointing back here because he is outside in the studio in the backyard. He plays the love interest in all these videos, but I always have him in this really fucked up Halloween mask and he can't really see out of them and he'll take them off and it's just dripping sweat. Just, the things he does for me don't he's,
1: no, he's not allowed to take it off. He's like making us in Disney world. He's, he's in character.
0: He so. is good in it. He's such a good actor. But I'm I'm also really lucky to do this with one of my best friends of over 10 years. His name is Saeed Del Diaz. We've been creating visual art together since it feels like since we were kids, because we were. And it's fun to still be doing this with him and growing together creatively after all these years. He is incredible with Photoshop and he just makes everything look more elevated than, you know, than a, a Halloween store mask has any right to be.
1: Yeah. Gosh, Candy. Candice, you're amazing. You have said it all for today. I mean, you, you're just, you just inspire us. You're a great friend. But like your artistry is just blowing us away right now. My God. Are, are you in the mood to play a song?
0: Absolutely. I'm going to play Exorcist for you because it was the first song I wrote for Demonology. <laughs> This song is called Exorcist and it's the first song I wrote for my EP Demonology Part 1.
2: Is it blasphemy To have a sense of humor I picture my own funeral Sometimes when I get bored I think about my family Sharing one fucked up computer I used for playing solitaire And sometimes watching porn I always assumed I only liked boys But now I'm not sure And the first time Anyone touched me They didn't ask me first No, I need more than a therapist I think I need an exorcist It feels like my head is spinning around I'm up on the ceiling and I can't come I'm up on the ceiling High up on the ceiling I had a set of Bible story VHS tapes My mother made me watch to balance out the other shows And all the girls I knew from school were cool and dressing sexy And their halter tops and clear lip gloss and Abercrombie clothes The human. Is a bullshit time machine You can travel back in time But you can't change anything No one need more than a therapist I think I need an exorcist It feels like my head is spinning. ceiling and I can't come down. And I've got to deal with my personal demons. It's not their fault. They're a ball night screaming. They didn't ask to be born and neither did I. God, I feel like throwing up. I'm getting old. But I'm not growing up So bring me a ladder and help me out I'm up on the ceiling and I can't come down I'm up on the ceiling High up on the ceiling I'm up on the ceiling and I can't come down
0: You have been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in.